You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church at church2911.com. Here's our lead pastor, Rick Hand, with this week's message. Today we wrap up our invitation series, and today I want to give you an invitation to dream again. You know, right after the coronavirus really hit us and we went into that lockdown, you remember, and uh, just a few weeks after that, when some of the restaurants were beginning to open, Dave and I happened to be at the Gulf, and so we went to one of our favorite restaurants there. One of the reasons it's her favorite restaurant is they have a great salad bar. Well, guess what? The salad bar wasn't open because, uh, you know, buffets and those things are still closed down. I remember going there also and having to ask for everything, salt, pepper, uh, ketchup, or, or, or cocktail sauce, everything you had to ask for. Nothing was on the table. And so I've heard people talk about over the last six months or so, you know, how that, you know, they just dream of going to a buffet again or, or going to a restaurant and, and uh, having the salt actually on the table, those kinds of things. But you know, those are really small dreams, aren't they? Is this all we're dreaming about as we say, I dream of getting back to normal. And even in the same thing with church, I hear people talk about, you know, I I just want to be able to get back together and be able to hug all my friends at church on Sunday. And yeah, those are great dreams to have great ideas and thoughts and, and hopes and wishes. But shouldn't we be dreaming bigger than that? It's time for us to dream again. That's the invitation we want to give you today. Okay, so let me take you to a story in the Bible, from the book of Jeremiah. Now, Jeremiah was a prophet. God would speak things to him that then he would share with the people. And so we have all these prophecies and all these things that, that God was sharing through Jeremiah. So in chapter 32, there's a couple of verses I want to read to you there. Read with me, if you will. At that time, the Lord sent me a message. He said, your cousin Hanamel, son of Shalom, will come and say to you, buy my field at Anathoth. Okay, now, that doesn't sound like anything really deep going on there, right? I mean, God says, Jeremiah, I'm going to send your cousin. He's going to offer you a field to buy, and I want you to buy this field. I mean, it doesn't sound like anything out of the normal is going on here. But it's the backstory that we need to understand. Okay, so here's the backstory. Three things that are the backstory. And the first one is this, is that the whole nation of the Jews... They're not obeying God right now. They're not walking after him. They're not following him. Now, I don't know how you see this whole thing of of obedience and blessing and those kinds of things going on in your spiritual walk. But I think sometimes we look at it like, you know, if we don't do everything God says, then God punishes us. But maybe it's like this, that if I were to say to you, hey, take this path right here. Walk down this path because down this path, you're going to find some really good things. But then you choose to go to another path and say, no, I think I'll just go on my own way. Then you're going to miss all those things that I know are on that path. And that's what God does for us. Take this path because down this path, you're going to find some good things in your life. You're going to find some great blessings. You're going to find some favor because God already knows what's down this path or this path or any path. And so when he tells us or encourages us to go down a path and we don't take it, it's not that he's punishing us maybe as much as we're just failing to be in the place that he says, this is where all the blessings are. This was what was going on with the Jews at this time. 
Jeremiah's nation, they were not following God, so they were not walking in blessing. They were not walking in favor. They had chosen to walk a, a path that was outside of all those blessings. Okay, second thing is Jerusalem, the capital city, it was under siege. The Babylonians were attacking it and, and just continuing to, to attack it. And it was pretty obvious that unless God did some kind of miracle, unless he showed up in some way, the Babylonians were going to overthrow Jerusalem. But the problem was they weren't walking down that path that would lead them to victories or lead them to miracles. They had chosen their own path. So they were going to find themselves defeated by the Babylonians. And the third part of the backstory is Jeremiah was in jail because his message was unpopular. He was in jail. And so all of this is going on and God speaks to him and says this. He's in jail because his message was unpopular. And you know what his message was? That it's going to get worse before it gets better. Now, when you hear that, it's going to get worse before it gets better. What do you focus on? I mean, even if you're a glass half full person, when you hear that, it's going to get worse before it gets better. You really focus on that first part, don't you? Even you glass half full people, you become glass half empty people for just a moment because we focus on that it's going to get worse. But the second half of that is it's going to get better. And this is the message throughout the Bible, a message of restoration a message of God bringing us back, of God renewing the blessings and renewing the dreams, renewing the promises. I mean, in, in the Bible, the book of Joel and Isaiah and, and uh, the book of, of Genesis and Deuteronomy and Psalms, over and over and over. Also in the book of Haggai, in chapter 2, they're going to try to rebuild the temple. And, and some of the older men who remembered the temple, the way it looked in the first place, the, how beautiful it was, they began to cry and weep. And God says in verse 9, he, says, he, he tells them don't worry in that way, but he says that the, the glory of this temple that they are about to build is going to be even greater than the glory of the former temple. That the future glory is going to be better than the latter glory. That even though it may look worse right now, it's going to be better that there's coming a better after the worse. And now God speaks to Jeremiah in the middle of all this going on. The Jews are not following God. They're, they're besieged by Babylon and Jeremiah's in jail. And God says, but property is going to be bought and sold again in this land. It may look bad right now, but it's coming back. I'm going to restore. I'm going to return. I'm going to re return the dream. I'm going to bring hope back again. You know, it's like just a, about two or three weeks ago when we had deeper sessions here in this building. And Kyle uh, brought us a, a devotion that night. And, and in this devotion, one of the things he said, I think that, that, that just jumped out to me was how that God has brought us to this building and he did it in the middle of a pandemic that we, we thought we had hopes that maybe, maybe one day we would have a place that we, we would minister out of. And God finally did this in the middle of a pandemic. This may be, this may be the lowest you've ever felt in your life. This may be the most you've ever struggled in your life. This may be the most confused you've ever been in your life. 
But God is a God of restoration. God is a God of dreams. Christianity is all about hope. So don't give up hope. But let's believe God to renew the dream, to renew the promises, to stir it all up and begin it again. Okay? But we also need some context, right? Just like our church and, and, and this building that we're in, this building that we purchased, and many of you have not even been in it yet, not been able to be in it yet. You know, nowhere in our vision statement, in our mission statement, in our corporate bylaws or any of those things does it say anything about owning a building. That's not our vision. That's not our mission. But we own a building, right? So what's going on here? How does all this work together? Because if we're not careful, I think we can get real excited about, hey, we got a building. But why did God lead us to this building? Was it just so that we could have a, a new address? So we would drive somewhere different on Sunday than we used to drive? No, it's a lot more than that, isn't it? And look around. I mean, this building, it's not a traditional building. We spent our first, our first five years as a church in a traditional church building. And then we spent the next six years at the Gardendale Civic Center. And this isn't a traditional building. This isn't the Gardendale Civic Center. Then what's going on here? If this is different, then obviously we're going to be doing something different. We're going to be using this building in a different way. We're going to be operating in a different way and working on things in a different way and reaching people in a different way. If God has led us to this building, then he's leading us to do something different. And that's how this fits with the overall vision and the dream of, of what God has given to us as a church, Church 2911. As we've said many times, is that we are willing to do what no one else is doing so that we can reach someone that no one else is reaching. That's how this fits, okay? And God has given us that opportunity right here. He's giving us this opportunity in the midst of this pandemic. And here's what I also believe about you. I believe in the same way God is leading you, in, even in this time, to do something different. I believe God is leading you to reach someone you've never reached. I believe he's leading you to bless someone that you've never blessed. I believe God is leading you to do something that you never, ever, ever dreamed would be possible and probably never would have even thought of doing if it hadn't been for this moment, this time. Okay. But there's one more little focus we've got to throw in here, okay? It's because it's not enough to just focus on, on me and my thing and all that. It's also got to be about Jesus and his vision. What is Jesus? What, what, is, what was his dream? What did he want to accomplish? What was his purpose for being here? And I could preach a whole sermon about that, but just this last little point. So I got to hurry right here. But some of the things that Jesus dreamed is, you know, Jesus dreamed about people following his father's will. I mean, you know, the prayer that he taught his disciples, you know, thy kingdom come and thy will be done. Jesus was all about his father's will. He also wanted us to love one another. He even called it a new commandment and that this would be a way that, that people would know that we were his disciples because we loved one another and how we loved one another. And also Jesus dreamed of reconnecting with us 
and then connecting us back to his father. All of these dreams, but there, there's another dream. And I think there's another dream that Jesus had that is really under attack right now. You know, there was a recent survey of pastors. And when I say recent, I mean, I used to say that that meant like something in the last few years, right? Or right now, the way things are changing and the way things are, are going, recent means anything that's happened the last six months, right? During the coronavirus. Well, this is the last few weeks. There was a survey of pastors and they asked them what were the things they were concerned about leading their church. And, you know, I guess probably if you had asked me before I read the article that that was based on this survey, I probably would have said most pastors are concerned about finances because I know a lot of pastors and they're pastoring churches that did not have online giving. And, and so, hey, if uh, people they don't have online giving and people aren't showing up on Sunday morning, then how do they give? You know, I, I mean, it's probably not happening or or maybe pastors are worried about losing their people because, you know, this isn't the same connection like we have on a Sunday morning and when we're able to hug one another and, and, and shake hands and see each other face to face. But you know what the number one, the number one concern of pastors right now for their churches is unity. And think about it. Think about all that's going on all around us. Think about the confusion that is out there. Think about all the messages that are, are, are just being blasted into our minds and into our hearts. And pastors are concerned about the unity of their church. This was not just something pastors are concerned about. It's something Jesus was concerned about. This was also part of his dream. This was not just something that he hoped for. This is something that he actually even prayed for. You know, in, in the Bible, we have several of Jesus' prayers, and he prayed a lot more than just the few prayers we have listed. But we have some of the prayers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, you know, as they recorded the, the, the acts, the deeds, the, and the words of Christ, they recorded a few of his prayers. And in one of them, Jesus really bears down on praying for unity. I want to read that one with you, if you will. I want you to see I want you to see how serious Jesus was as he prayed to his Father in heaven and asked for unity with his, with his followers. Right here. In John chapter 17, Jesus says, Now I am departing from the world. They, talking about his disciples, they are staying in this world. But I am coming to you. Holy Father, you have given me your name. Now protect them, these disciples, Protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are. I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me. Talking about me and you through their message. I pray that they will all be one just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I've given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. So Jesus dreamed and prayed about unity, about the unity that you and I would have with one another and the things that we do and try to accomplish and the way we reach one another and connect with one another and connect with those around us as well. And what we cannot do is focus solely on our dream and forget Jesus' dream.
Okay. So I don't normally recap sermons, but this sermon begs for a recap. Okay, because we've talked about three different dreams today. We've talked about your dream. We've talked about our church's dream. and We've talked about Jesus' dream. So let's back up through them and recap, okay? And Jesus' dream is the dream that we have to keep in focus. I mean, it's easy for me, easier, I'd say, to keep focus on my dream. We got to make sure we never lose sight of Jesus' dream because we cannot fully realize our own personal dreams unless we're chasing after his dream. You need to get that. Is you can accomplish some dreams, but you cannot fully realize them unless you're also chasing after his dream. Because his dream for you is so much bigger and, and, and it's so much deeper, so much more awesome than anything you and I can ever dream. So we need to keep this context and understand it's not these little things that, that we think about, but he has a big, huge dream, and it's, it's deeper, and it's better than anything you and I could ever dream. And so we need to keep dreaming. Regardless of the circumstances you're surrounded by today, regardless of the situation you find yourself in, keep dreaming. Your present difficulties... Do not determine the dimension of your dreams. Let's, let me say that again. And, and I used a lot of D words there, hopefully to help you kind of maybe even memorize this a little bit. That my present difficulties do not determine the dimension of my dreams. Get that. Understand that. And in the context and in the, with the focus of Jesus' dream, never losing sight of that, you and I can accomplish those dreams beyond our dimensions. So let me pray with you. Let me pray for you. And if you have not started following Christ and your dreams seem so two-dimensional, then I just really encourage you today. Follow along with us as we follow Christ. And, and, and let him start bringing these huge, big, awesome, amazing, deep dreams to bring them to pass in your life as well. And, and he's already done the hard work. When he died on the cross, he's already done the hard work. All you have to do now is just accept that. And I want to pray for your dreams, okay? So join me if you, if you will right now. Father, I love you and I thank you that you dream such big dreams for us. And that's why you had to send your son, because you weren't comfortable with, with uh, leaving us in the places we are, but you wanted, to, you wanted to reconcile us back to you, to connect us back to you, and not just to you, but to those big, beautiful, awesome dreams, the blessings and the favor that you want to put into our life. And God, if there's someone today that has not ever started following you, but wants to today, Lord, then, then today... As, as, as they reach out to you and, and accept forgiveness of sins, and I ask you to do what you say you'll do in your word, is to write their names down in your records. And God, let today be the day that begins the big, beautiful, audacious, and bodacious dream that you have for them in their life. And God, I pray, restore dreams today. Restore dreams. Help us remember. And no matter what difficulties we're going through, 
no matter what struggles we're going through, our present difficulties do not determine the dimension of our dreams. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need prayer, we'd love to pray with you. You can email our prayer team at prayer at church2911.com or text us at 205-476-2911. You can learn more about our church by visiting church2911.com or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at church2911. Thanks for listening to the 2911 Sermons Podcast. We hope you know that God has an amazing dream for you. And as always, we dare you to dream.